Welcome back to the Hoops Temple podcast. Y'all know me, Nathan Schwartz. Joining me is Aaron Schroeder. Good to see you, man. Good to see you, too. We're back. We're ready to finish out that top 200. I told Aaron I've got some squirrely changes that I wanted to make, some uh, deviations from our player rankings, so keep an eye out for those. But uh, Aaron, first, would you mind just reading us 1 through 175 so everyone knows exactly where we're at? (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I actually have pulled up one second. I think it's very important. I think our listeners need to know 1 through 175, so that way they're not confused. I'm not reading all that shit. Let me, uh, let's, let's read I don't want up. someone to be like, hey, why isn't Vince Carter here? I'm like, because he's already up there. He's like 96 or something. Let's start at the what we did last time, which is 151 to 175. Um, okay. If you'd like to see the entire the entire list, I have it posted on Possible Chairs on TikTok. It's one of my playlists. So 151, we start with Marie Stokes. Then Walter Davis, Matt Calvin, DeMar DeRozan, Brad Doherty, John Wall, Chet Walker, Dennis Rodman, Tom Chambers. 160 was Lou Hudson. 161, Larry Nance, Dave DeBusher, Bobby Dandridge, Ralph Sampson, Zelmo Beattie, Jamal Wilkes, Walt Bellamy, Elton Brand, Gilbert Arenas, Latrell Sprewell, Darren Williams, Baron Davis, Gus Johnson, Larry Faust, and 175, Hall of Famer Charlie Scott. So basically, everyone that we're going to talk about today is worse or less accomplished, because we have some guys that are better, but just haven't been in the league that long, than DeMar DeRozan. What an exciting podcast. Welcome, everybody, (laughs) to to the Is He Better Than DeMar DeRozan podcast. I'd like you to get us started with the changes you're uh, you're interested in making. See if I can green light them. No, no, no. They're they're more towards the back half, but I'll I'll let you know about them when they come up. All right, and I'll see if uh, I approve or not, because I do have to approve. So the way that we do this is we have ranked all the players by position um, and we can't nominate a point guard until the point guard on our individual position rankings is off the board. So right now, our top center is Ed McCulley, the 39th ranked center. Our top shooting guard is Donovan Mitchell, our 32nd ranked shooting guard. Our top small forward is Jack Twyman, our 39th ranked small forward. Our top power forward is Larry Johnson, grandmama, our 34th ranked power forward, and uh, Larry Jones, our 37th ranked point guard. We're in the dog days of this list. Aren't you glad I, we're doing this? It, it's kind of the interesting part of it, though, because it's like fringe players you may have heard of. I feel like we're, there's like the uncanny valley. Once we get to like, welcome back to the Hoop Simple podcast, we're doing 400 to 450 today, and we start talking about J.R. Smith and stuff, that's where the good stuff is. That's where it's like... That's, that's, that's what people are going to become flocking here for. I mean, if you have a player older than 1980, no one knows who he is at this point. Like, like, like we've, we've expanded the players that you're knowledgeable about from the 70s and 60s. We've hit the highlight names. And I think this is where a lot of people's rankings kind of start to taper off and start being less and less accurate because they think of the, the big name guys from the 60s and 70s. But then when you start get to be on 200... It's only modern players. It is, it's where you see guys being like, hey, I think J.R. Smith should be top 200. I'm like, well, no, there's there's a lot more guys that contributed more, that did more. Maybe J.R. Smith beats the 70s guys in a game of one-on-one, but that's not, that's not how this matters. That's not how anyone should ever do rankings. And I'll fight you if you do them that way. We really, it really is like a pyramid where you got to think about it like, Okay, in just shooting guards, there's the Jordan Teeler and the Kobe tier. Then after that, it's like, okay, Wade, Harden, Iverson, that grouping. But the further you go down, there's at some point, there's 
a hundred shooting guards that are about as good as J.R. Smith. Um, and so we're going to reach into that. Do you have a nomination for 176? I'm going to keep it nice and easy. I'm going to throw out Easy Ed McCulley. All right. McCulley, the seven-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA player, 1958 champ in his second-to-last season. He's, he's contributing, 72 games played, 26 minutes a night. I feel good about it. Uh, you know, he has a stretch where he's like the third-best center or third best player in the league, it's it's Mike in and it's Alex Gorza, uh, and then it's Ed McCulley. He is all NBA first team when it's positionless, and I, I do kind of like those times. Since we don't have MVP, we have to kind of look at that and see how the guys are ranked by their voting. And, and he's number three. He leads Boston in win shares from 51 to 55. It's not a great Boston team. They get better with Bill Russell, but it still is important to note that like it's not like he was dragging Koozie down. It's more he wasn't good enough with the help provided to get them over the top, but he he was up there. You know he's not as good as Bill Russell. It's a, it's it's a it's a tragedy, but uh, you know very nice for Boston. Those six seasons, he's nineteen points a night. He is eight boards a game. He was third in points per game three times, fourth another time. So he's definitely up there in terms of scoring. One of the better scoring centers of the mm-hmm. 50s. Leads the league in, in field goal percentage in 1954 at 48%, which is pretty goddamn high for 1954. So I do feel good about that. Yeah. Good quote that I got for him is uh, coming from his own coach. Says Ed has a two-handed set shot. He's got one-handed layup. He can hook him in with either hand, and he's got a good set shot. Or two-handed jump shot and a good set shot. He could do it all. Come on. That's all you needed to do back in the 50s. <laughs> do you have a set shot? Can you hook with either hands? It's good enough for me, 176. Who you got for 177? Now, I have to ask, that would bring up for our centers, DeMarcus Cousins, or did we agree to swap him, him and other Kings legend, Arnie Risen? I'm okay with the swap. All right, let's do that swap. That will, that will affect some of my nominations down the board because I hadn't done the swap, but the two were very close in my nominations, in part because Cousins pushed Risen down. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I went back and watched an entire game. It, it was a good game. The Kings won it, and Marcus played played poorly. But um, Rudy Gay, Seth Curry, and Darren Collison went off to beat the 2016 Thunder at the last game at Sleep Train Arena. But DeMarcus isn't a winning player. I'm sorry, He's what a, was the arena? Sleep Train Arena? I, think I it was do not even remember that being an arena. Yeah. yeah, it was Arco for a long time. And then by the time they got rid oh. of it, it was, it was Sleep Train. It's kind of like crypto. That, that will always be staples to me. Yeah. DeMarcus is extremely talented. Hits hits these post moves, these spins, tries to dunk on people, but he is mopey and he's incredibly slow. And his career falls apart faster. Like, it's not like we got 10 years of it. It's he got injured. Uh, I mean, what is his warrior year? Was that age 28, age 29? It, it is quite brief and it's never, it's never that great. I, I feel like looking back on it, those Kings years, they're not, those Kings teams are bad, but they're worse in record than like the jazz like not just not like Derek favors will give you and gordon hayward will give you more wins and it's like is it really that hard to win 30 games i, I just don't think his uh bad defense and poor fouls and poor attitude are are worth it so we'll move him down a spot uh, yeah. i'd like to nominate donovan mitchell oh we are two for two two assuming for two that you, assuming that you had mccully as your number 176 yeah for mitchell 25 almost 25 points tonight four and a half assists four boards for his career four-time all-star Second team on B last year. Arguably could have been a first team kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Scored over 70. Yeah, see, you did me. You voted for him in, in our uh, in our boards. But also come playoff time, we're talking 28 points a night, five assists, five boards. 
in 2020 in that game seven in that seven game series against Denver, he averages 36 points a night. These are these are playoff peaks that guys rarely see. I mean, you look at his rookie run: 28 points per game, seven rebounds, or 28.5 points per game, seven rebounds, basically three assists per game. As a rookie, beats OKC. The Jazz were supposed to be reeling. They had just lost Goran Hayward. They were supposed to be taking a step back. And no, Mitchell powers them through. He has played in 44 playoff games already, which is more than a lot of guys on this list, and is averaging 28 points. Like, I I wish he was a better passer. I wish he was a better defender. He outplayed Russell Westbrook in a playoff series as a rookie. Yeah. Straight up beat him. And I think he's only 26 at this point. And man, what an exciting player. Yeah. It was a disappointing series against the Knicks. I don't want to hold that too much against him. It's a bad series. Really, the big men got outplayed. Uh, But also, his 71-point game this year, one of the greatest games I've seen in my life. Probably a top-five game I've seen from an individual scoring basis in the regular season. We'll put that caveat there. Then I feel more comfortable calling it a top-five game. It it was incredible. The way he... His first step combined with his ability to, to pull up is makes him unguardable at times. Um, it was it was a rough series against the Knicks, but they out-rebound him like crazy. And that really was the focal point. It wasn't all on his shoulders. But with Mitchell off the board, a current player, we're introducing one of the oldest players in the league ever on our list in terms of how far back we can go, which is all the way back, 1947 for the BAA. It's Max, is that Max Seslovsky. Can you you say that? Max Max Zaslavsky? There you go. Max Zaslavsky. We'll leave that there. We'll we'll visit him in a little bit, I'm sure. Who, if you want to talk about a guy with a fast first step and a quick pull-up, that was his game. That was his game in 47. It was relatively unknown of like having this jump shot. He was a small guard, and he gets his team to the first BAA finals. They do lose, but... It was still like a huge, huge upset because they were playing the stat or no, he was on the stacks. They're playing uh, the Washington Capitals coached by Red Arback, his first year in the league. And like there was super heavy money on on the Capitals to win. I think it was like 10 to 1 odds. And Max, Lofsky, or Max Zaslavsky just comes through. He actually is my nomination for 178. That's awesome. Can we call him Mad Max? So I can stop trying to pronounce his, his last name. Is that his official nickname? I thought he was part no. of the Wiz Kids. He's slats, but... Yeah, but an early pioneer of the jump shot, but early pioneer of the one-handed shot. Like, yeah, uh, he outscores George Mikan. Was it the second year? One one of these years, he outscores George Mikan. Which, if you say you did anything more than Mikan back in that day, it's a good sign. He is all oh, yeah. BAA or all NBA first team four years in a row. Go from seventy or from forty-seven to fifty. It's it's a, it's a good career. In the nineteen fifty-one finals, the Royals take a 3-0 lead on his Knicks, but he leads a comeback. They do lose in Game 7 by just 4 points, but he's averaging a team-high 19 points, a team-high 3.4 assists, and 3.4 rebounds. Uh, That was a finals. It was almost 70 years, more than 70 years ago, but we count that stuff here because we like basketball. Did you you say that was the 71 finals? 51 finals, but almost 70 years ago. The 52 finals, he pushes the Lakers to Game 7. This is the Minneapolis Lakers with with Mike and... um, you know, he's part of a good conglomerate of the Knicks team. It's him, Connie Simmons, Harry Galton, Nat Clifton. Uh, but he gets 20 points in both games six and game seven, which 20 points doesn't sound like much nowadays. 
The Knicks scored 76 points and 65 points in those two games. So getting 20 points when your team scores 65, that's... It's pre-shot clock. Yeah, I mean, it's the equivalent of basically scoring 40 in today's game when we're getting 120. Pre-shot clock, teams are playing at a similar pace or slower to the early 2000s, and they aren't very good at shooting the basketball. So you're getting these 60, 70, 80-point games. To score 20 points a night, you were at the focal point. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if you go... Go ahead. A really high focal point. Who is your nomination... For 179. It's the next shooting guard. We're going to run on shooting guards. Trip oh, Hamilton. Okay. How do you feel about that? I have him down at 182, but I'm willing to listen to the case. Sure thing. You're looking at a three-time All-Star and a champion in 2004, but really him scoring 18 points a night in his eight seasons in Detroit, going back to the pace of things, these Pistons teams are scoring 80, 90 points a night. He's mm-hmm. leading them in scoring. He may not be the best offensive player on the court given Billups is there, but in that 2004 run, he's averaging 21 points a night on a 45% shooting. He's he's over 20 points a night in the 2003 playoffs, in the 2005 playoffs, in the 2006 playoffs, in the 2008 playoffs. And these are conference finals runs. I and mean, he's making, he's he's the he's the big shot maker on these Pistons teams. He's also an incredible defensive player. He's the the primary matchup on Kobe in the 04 finals. So that team is, no matter where Kobe went, a great defender was hounding him but in terms mm-hmm. of the initial because he was the shooting guard it, it's hamilton well and it's important that he's the one getting a lot of the matchup against kobe because they have tayshawn prince and like prince and hamilton do trade off quite a quite a bit and prince did get a lot of the assignment against reggie miller earlier in the playoffs but rip when you grew up with kobe he was great at defending kobe and when the pistons tried to trade for kobe he vetoed that trade because he's like, I don't want to go there if you're sending Rip for me. Like, I want to play with Rip. Like, there's no point in teaming up if you send the guy that I want to team up with. Um, so I've got him down a few spots. Can I interest you in a Larry Jones? Not yet, but I am interested in hearing it. I'm not quite interested quite yet because it's just so early ABA. It's ABA very is early. As early ABA. as you can get and, he, and, it, and it falls off and it really does. But if you have a nice case, I could be interested in it. So the case for him is that he plays at a higher level than Rip. And like Rip, I love him. Rip's got 13 series averaging 20 points per game or better, in which his team goes 15 and 5. So like he is a leading scorer on a good team and the defense. Um, but Larry Jones, he gets a third place all-star finish. He he gets over 30 points in 23 straight games in 69. He's the MVP first finish? ABA. Third place MVP finish? I believe so. Did I? Okay. Yes, third place MVP okay. finish um, in 69. 23 straight games scoring 30 or more in 69. First ABA player to score 50 points. First ABA player to score 5,000 points in their ABA career. Um, it, it's a lot of scoring. It's a lot of dynamic play. From 68 to 71, he is 25 points per game on basically 41 minutes a night. And they, it, it's him and Gordon Hayward. They're a pretty solid squad. He probably wins uh, All-Star Game MVP back when that mattered. Gordon, uh, not, I said Gordon Hayward, Spencer Hayward. Spencer Hayward. Yeah, he probably gets All-Star Game MVP if he didn't arrange a boycott of the game. So that way, like, he could fight for better working conditions. Uh, I see. Like, he outplays Hayward, and they still give it to Haywood, give the MVP to Hayward. And this is when, like, players actually played hard because winning meant a sizable amount of money for your... Mm-hmm for your team and like i've been reading a lot of old newspaper stuff about yeah making these videos about like the best teams ever and every time i look up the older teams to see what people were saying at the time the articles written are so often the lakers or the celtics are going to get paid this much 
like that's the headliners like they win the cash prize because mm-hmm. in the 60s it's like holy shit got ten thousand dollars like oh, winning yeah. was was serious financial compensation in a way that you you never could see back then i mean think about it like boxing because really a lot of boxing promoters went to be nba promoters that's how uh the the sport was grown is the nba hired them you want to win the million dollar fight you want to win this match and like that's that's the thing that they would announce is hey if you win the finals you take home x amount and i think about that a little bit now with the in-season tournament i don't think the amount is high enough for people to really care like yeah it still counts for games though that's on a side tangent about the in-season tournament it's not magical mystery games that don't count like if you lose the games your team record gets worse yes but but i don't think they're like hey we have to go all out for a half a million dollars not in the way that these guys would go all out for like a thousand dollars because their salaries were like five thousand dollars and this was like a quarter of their salary at the max sure thing if you if you know more about the early aba than me and if you feel comfortable putting him here i'll accept i mean it's touchy it's the era is weaker and you're right he does tail off part of that i think is a little bit age-related i think part of that's uh, he's a small guard with some speed. Uh, th- it was kind of funny. The NBA fell in love with big guards in this era. And so all of the small, fast guards went to the ABA because they couldn't, like, people just didn't look at them in the NBA. That's true. So, like, Jones? He tails off in 73. He's also 30 in 73. And, and sports medicine was what it was like today. So, like, that is kind of your early a- ABA stars. Why do they not translate to the NBA? Because they're they're 30 when the NBA hits and when they try to make that jump. I agree. What's interesting, though, about Jones is he does start in the NBA. He's taken in, I think, the 20th overall pick Mm -hmm. by the Sixers, and he's essentially just an injury replacement for the 65 Sixers. They they never really give him a shot, and then he goes and plays in the EBL. And then I, I truly believe that a combination of a weaker league and also him being 25 instead of 22 and playing professionally somewhere else and working on his game he comes out really a great player for the aba mm-hmm. you want to do it too much larry I, jones talk i like larry jones i'm i'm there that would also introduce the next point guard to the list which is slater martin i think we can talk about him in a minute i i would not argue slater over her rip so i'm okay there my other two guys that i've got above him are jack twyman and larry johnson are you interested in either of those cases or or where are we putting the foot down? I, I could hear the Jack Twyman case. Twyman, he's a six-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA in a time where there's only two All-NBA teams. And when did they go positionless or by position? I forget when they make that transition. It's like 55, 56. 55, okay. So it's, he's not there. So he, he, uh, he is getting yeah, in with the positional selections. Yeah. Yeah, with those positions. But you're talking 19 points a game. 2.3 assists, 6.6 boards, upwards of 30 points a night for the worst team in the league, but he's still 20 points a night for some good Cincinnati teams. I really feel like Hamilton playing in 130 playoff games, winning 16 playoff series, making two finals, making six conference finals, being the 20, 20 points, four boards, four assists kind of guy. I'm just more into that. All right. All right. I think that's, I think that's fair. I, I think Twyman has probably an individual greater pedigree. I mean, you talk about that being the first, first, ah, you talk about that being an early 30 points per game because I think uh, Wilt did it either the same season or the season before. But he's he's sixth in the MVP voting. It was kind of meaningless numbers. I forget what the team wins. It's like 17 and 65 that year. Uh, it, it's really bad. I think they get Oscar 
they get Oscar for doing that, if I remember correctly. Yes. Uh, and then him and Oscar are, are good, but like there's a reason why Oscar never won. Um, and they, they push the Celtics to game seven and 63, but Twyman's scoring just abandons them. In game four, he is three for 13. In game five, he is three for 16. It's, it, it's hard. I, I think he is an individually better player. What he did in his own era is greater as an individual than what what Hamilton did. But also Hamilton, with all that winning, you could definitely make a strong case that he sacrificed more and that his sacrifice led to winning in a way that Twyman never did. All right. I think you like you said it perfectly. I didn't have to argue my own guy. Man, you don't want to know what goes on in my head sometimes. I'm just sitting there having these arguments, and my wife is like, Nate, Nate, you, you here? You, you at dinner? And I'm like, I'm just really debating between Slater Martin and Kyle Lowry right now. Like, what's... She's like, okay, I'm I've done. I've been there. I've been there. My girlfriend's like, what are you thinking about? And I'm like, I don't know what I'm thinking about. Just, uh... She's like, you think about other girls? And I'm like, I'm thinking, actually, I'm thinking about like the 52 finals right now. <laughs> thinking about what that could have been. Yeah, it's, it's that classic meme of, you know, the guy like on bed and the wife, oh, she's probably thinking about other women. And it's just like, no. I'm... <laughs> what if Max Zlowski won those two championships? Like, how would we view him in the European Oh, my NBA? God. If Max gets that first championship over Joe Folks, I mean, we're probably flipping those two players. That's, that's probably the flip. Yeah. yeah. So we have a new shooting guard, Orlando Blackman. Dallas Mavericks legend, 11 seasons in Dallas, 865 games. The four-time All-Star averaged 18 points, three assists, and three boards for his career from 1982 to 1994. Yeah, I don't plan to talk about him. At all? Yeah, I think we've talked about all the shooting guards I I plan to talk about. (laughs) I'm interested to see where it goes. I I was just looking and I was like, where do I have him? How much further down? I was like, oh yeah, he's... It's going to be a bit. It's going to be a bit. I'd love to hear an examination. Is it Larry Johnson now? Are you are you gonna make the case for for him to be in the uh, the top? No, I just I haven't I haven't fully fledged it out. You never know okay. where we're gonna land. Okay. Uh, well, my next my next case was Jack Twyman. Okay. Well, we already we already made that we already made that case. So I'm all in I'm all into it. All right. Uh, and then my case after Twyman for 182 now would be Larry Johnson. Would be Grandmama. He's an incredible player at the start. Just like a freight train on offense, and then really develops and. More his develops is probably the wrong word. His body breaks down on him, betrays him, and he becomes a physical rebounder and like enforcer for a team. So I do think you get some of the the high star level seasons. You know, two time All Star, two time All NBA player, and then you have a really great contribution to winning later on with the Knicks. Um, you know, he's he hits the the four point play to send the Knicks to the yeah. finals and um, to the to the finals. Right, I have that correct. Yes, uh, the Memorial Day moment or minute. Or, it's got, it's got like some that. fancy name. Yeah, Coming out of UNOV, Johnson is, he's the first overall pick. He's so highly touted because he's this 6'7", 250. He's basically Zion. Yes, I, I had that thought, um, but I really think this is a, I don't know if this is a sad version of Zion's career to like It's, it's be an Larry appropriate Johnson. version of Zion's career at this point because Larry Johnson, his back breaks down, and he goes mm-hmm. from those first two seasons. He's he is his rookie is nineteen eleven, then twenty two ten with four assists, and he's just flying around the court. Mm-hmm. By ninety four, he has this. It starts to tail off. He's sixteen points and eight boards. He gets back to a ninety five, nineteen points, seven boards. He's always a really great passer, getting three, four assists a night. He only plays until age thirty one because his back isn't great. Uh, but you do see him 
in 95, he comes back as an all-star because he's hitting 39% of his threes, taking 2.6 a game where he never really shot them in either in college or for those first three seasons, you see him develop his game in a way that allowed him to play much longer. And right, he's he's not playing as much for the Knicks. Five seasons, he's 33 minutes a game compared to 39 minutes a game where he's like the superstar in Charlotte. Um, but you see him be very effective, hitting, knocking down threes and being the enforcer. So I like this spot for him at 182. And he's grandmama. And he's grandmama. I'm very disappointed he doesn't get at least a cameo in the Uncle Drew movie, which I still need to get my wife to watch. I gotta, I gotta sneak that in there at some point. Have you seen Uncle Drew? You're very quiet about Uncle Drew. No, I haven't. What? I never and I never have. I'm not gonna lie, it's a cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> it's, I loved like the videos as a kid, like the before they made it like the movie. It was uh he was like the physical like sprite commercials, right? Yeah. Pepsi commercials, yeah, sprite. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a masterpiece of a movie. I'll have to check it out. So we talked about Mad Max earlier, the nickname we're giving him. How about his teammate is the next power forward? Not nominating him necessarily, just saying. Harry Gallatin, the seven-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA, one-time rebounding champ in 54, averages 15 rebounds per game. I think we'll get to him. I think we'll get to him. I got him down to 189, so we will get there, but it's it's going to be a minute, at least on my nominations. Who, who's your nomination for 183? Got a guy for me? One second. All right, so we have our nominations as it stands. Slater Martin, Rolando Blackman, Chris Middleton for the small forwards, replacing Jack Twyman, Harry Gallatin, and Arnie Risen. How exciting. Let's do Arnie Risen. Really? How do you feel? I, I had Risen down a bit. I, I've got I've got a string of point guards here. I, I've, okay. I'm just going on a run. On I'm interested guards. in it, but with Risen, you're getting a four-time All-Star, an All-NBA player, but also a two-time champ. Um, most importantly, 1951, he's 19 points and 14 rebounds a game. And the Royals do win the title. He's the best player in those finals. He's the best player through those playoffs for the Kings. And maybe they catch a break because George Mikan breaks his leg and still tries to play on it. But it's a champion nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And he's arguably the best player on that team. He's a very fast and mobile center. So like Mikan playing on a broken leg against someone who is quick, it's just a really bad matchup. And like, Regular season in 51, he's averaging 16 points. Playoffs, it jumps up to 19.5. Like Part of that's just because he was healthy and, and could run yeah. around, and it, it was a matchup nightmare. It was like the perfect, perfect we talk about, flaw. Good. Yeah. We or, talk about Mad Max losing the 51 finals, but it's it's rising in that game seven. It's it's a 79 to 75 game in Rochester. It's super low scoring, and he gives them 24 points and 13 boards. So a massive amount of their scoring comes from that. Have I swayed you at all? I do like it. Yeah, I really like it. I think I think what probably knocked him down for me was that we hadn't yet updated him over to Marcus Cousins. And so I was looking at like, well, he's got to be behind Cousins. I don't like Cousins yet. So I'll take it 183. Well, now DeMarcus is our center nomination. So keep that in mind. I will. Not, not going to mention him for a minute because I, I want to do my run. Please. I, I, I think it's about time for the run. I, all right. So let's let's kick things off. Slater Martin. Small point guard, five, five, ten. That's that's my size. I wish I was that skinny. But he's he's the point guard for the Lakers in the the fifties. He's winning all of the rings. He is uh, getting well, not all the rings. He gets four rings from the Lakers and then one from being the starting point guard for St. Louis in fifty eight. But basically, from fifty, you know, nineteen fifty to nineteen sixty, there there is a case to be made that he is one of the best point guards. Maybe like a top three point guard. In the NBA, uh, he is known for his defense. You look at the stats, they do not j- jump off the page to anyone. We're talking less than 10 points and basically four assists. But part of that is the error. I mean, one, you've got 
a much slower paced league to you've got a league that really is really tight with giving out assists like you have to hit the guy and have him shoot immediately his basically four assists a game is top 10 in assists per game he would also if they did positional all defensive teams he would have been an all defensive player every single year it's really hard to to kind of quanti- quantify that with stats but if you go back and read these books no one no one rates anyone else like as a better defender like it is a ton of talk about Slater Martin and the ball pressure that he can put on guys. It's a huge reason why I mean, Mike is incredible defensively, Mickles is incredible defensively, but then Martin is that pressure. And it's why that those Lakers teams are some of the best defensive teams of all time relative to era. And yeah. I think imagine if Kyle Lowry was like a much better defensive player and won five championships. And we're going to talk about Lowry eventually, maybe, probably. And I think it's a good spot for him. Did I ever tell you that I used to play hockey? I don't think so. I played like youth hockey, like 12 and under. Uh, it was even roller hockey. So it's like it's like it, close to hockey, but not quite hockey. Um, and one year our goalie quit. And at that age level, they would just like put up like a taped up net thing that had like pockets in the corners if you didn't have a goalie because we were like kids. And I was like, no, 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 I'm going to play goalie. And I played, they did like a fall and a spring season. I did three seasons as goalie. So like fall, spring, and then fall again. And I scored more goals as the goalie than were scored on me. And it's not because I was a good goalie. It's because we had awesome defense that people just never got shots on me. And like one time they were even just like, Nate, go for it. And so I skated up and scored in goalie pads. <laughs> but like that's that's what George Mikan's life got to be like playing with Slater Martin is I can be a really good defender because he's going to make life hell for everyone before they get to me. Great point. It's a great point. Very good hockey analogy. Also just a chance to brag about it. 11-year-old yeah. Nate being a three-straight-season oh, shutout goalie. <laughs> Could turn pro. So with Slater Martin off the board, it's Isaiah Thomas up next. Are you going with him again? I'm, I'm going with him. I'm going with the fifth-place MVP finish back in the day. I'm going with the man that wore it all on his sleeve. This is, you know what's going on with Dame Lillard in Portland right now? And then being like, yeah, we don't really owe you anything. I, players need to learn, like, teams will not give them anything. Isaiah Thomas, Celtics Isaiah Thomas, gave that franchise everything, playing after his sister's death. Just king of the fourth. I forget what the fourth quarter numbers were. Do you have them there? I don't have them, but he was incredible. 2017 Isaiah Thomas was like, you had to watch it. You had to see it happen. They're like, hey, there's this like 5'9 guy that's averaging 29 points per game. And at the end of the game, he scores on anybody and everybody. And the Celtics are also one of the best teams in the league. It was incredible. He was second team on BA that year. Yes. It is so sober. If he's pretty good, he averaged 20 points per game in Sacramento in 2014. He's he's good in 2016, 22.6 assists. He's an all-star, but that 2017 season, he's taken eight and a half threes a game, 38%, 46% from the field. Did he suck on defense? Hell yeah, he sucked on defense because he's five foot nine. But you had to be, I mean, honestly, looking at it, in the come playoff time, he gets hurt. They they he ended up averaging twenty three points and six assists against Chicago in the first round, then twenty seven and seven against Washington in the second round. Then come the conference finals against Cleveland, he's injured and he basically doesn't play. There's a chance a healthy Isaiah Thomas ends up winning that series. It's not maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe LeBron and his plot armor doesn't allow it, but there is a good shot because that Celtics team was special. I, d- I don't think they get past him, even with a healthy Isaiah Thomas. But what but, if they push him to seven and it's like, oh, man. Yeah, they they, him. there's a chance they push him. He also, like that year, true shooting added plus 256. Probably people listening to this aren't huge 
true shooting added. I actually think it's a terrible way to rate a player, but I think it's important to note that like the five nine scoring point guard scored as efficiently as a lot of peak Shaq seasons. He was incredible efficient, incredible uh, in terms of efficiency because he's shooting ninety percent from the free throw line and while he getting got there. Eight, yeah, eight and a half free throws a game. Yeah, that's what's important. You got to get there. So yeah, uh, I want to continue this run on point guards if you're not opposed to to Isaiah Thomas with Kyle Lowry, who I think Kyle Lowry huge contributions to winning. You know what he did in Toronto, like the numbers of Lowry plus bench were always so fantastic. I think him and Isaiah Thomas are probably polar opposites of Isaiah Thomas had all of this scoring flash and as well as just like a flash in the pan on his career and Kyle Lowry consistency, just a model above average starting point guard for years, probably like upper third, but like, you know, I don't know that I could ever point to a season and be like, here, he's a top five point guard. That is the issue. I actually have an anti Kyle Lowry video, like built and ready in the queue I, well because somebody had commented when i posted the i'm not disagreeing with the selection i think he's the right pick saying he couldn't believe lowry wasn't in the our top 175 and the, what i said in the video essentially is kyle lowry being a six-time all-star isn't a good representation of how good he is if he's in the western conference he makes like one to two all-star teams because mm-hmm. he doesn't have to compete with steph or chris paul or russell westbrook or damian lillard or there's one I'm forgetting. James Harden, that's a good one. He was pretty good from from 20, 2014 to 2020 when, when Lowry's making these all-star teams. like He's a pretty good player. Even guys like Clay Thompson. He's 13 All-NBA one time. He's the second guard on that third team. And that was the year that James Harden was an All-NBA despite being second in points per game because like the def- there's this whole this weird hate train about his bad defense and the Rockets weren't very good, which is hilarious looking back on because... Luca was first team on PA despite this Mavs season. So we've completely flipped how we view those things. Um, Lowry was not better than Harden that season. Do we think Lowry was ever a top 15 player in the league? I, I don't know when that season would have been. No, no. I, I mean, top 15 players in the league will usually garner the off chance MVP vote. He, he got Never one happens. MVP vote in 2016. That's the third team on PA season. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, a, what, it's like a ninth place finish or something or 10th place finish. Yeah. I, I mean, really. Do you think he was better than Mike Conley for a large part of their career? No, they're about as good as each other. But if if Kyle, if, if Mike Conley was on the fucking Raptors, man, he's a nine-time All Star. Like, he couldn't. He just he wasn't the. Those are five of the of the eighty best players ever in Harden, Chris Paul. Uh, I came up with Trent Curry this again. Uh, Curry, uh, Lillard, and um, all those guys. But uh, Lowry wouldn't have broken through at any point. Yeah. I mean, like he'd be competing against Clay Thompson and for for spots and probably losing. So really quickly, here's a great season. 20, uh, 2016, Damian Lillard averages twenty five points, seven assists, and four boards, and he's not an All Star. Twenty seventeen, he's twenty seven points and six assists and five boards, and he's not an All Star. It's that hard, and Lowry would have never gotten there. All right, I pulled up the twenty sixteen All Star, which is his best season as an individual. It's it's his All NBA year. Here are the all-star guards in the West. Curry, mm-hmm. Kobe, Westbrook. And I think they actually slotted Kobe in as a forward that year. Yeah, they must have put him in the front court. So Curry, Westbrook, Harden, Clay Thompson, Chris Paul. Th- those are the five guards. In the East, Lowry starts. It's him and Wade as starters. Uh, Dwayne John fucking Wall. Wade in 2016. <laughs> Dwayne yeah. Wade was cooked. John Wall, Isaiah Thomas, DeMar DeRozan. Like, it's just a different level. 
Kemba Walker. This is the guys he's competing with. But all that to say, he still has a huge level of consistency. He is still Mm. really good, even if those all-star seasons are overrated. Should probably be more like a three-time all-star and less like a six-time all-star. But Larry's still 16 points and five boards and six assists on good defense. And for 186, I I won't bitch and moan too much about it. Yeah. Do you have a nomination for 187? These all paying me great. The next point of nomination is Rajon Rondo. I'm like a known Rajon Rondo hater, and I, I disapprove, but um, I think it's time for him, though. Really? You're, you're continuing the I, run? I just, I just think it's him. I don't think Blackman is just quite there. Chris Middleton, it is it is just so, just not the high of a level. I mean, how do you feel about it? How do you feel about it? Chris Middleton does really dominate a playoff run. Like, I don't think even Rajon Rondo ever has. Fear the deer. Fear the deer. <laughs> Fear Are you ready for Chris deer. Middleton? Yeah. I think it's it's either Middleton or Rondo. I'd be happy to go Middleton than Rondo. Oh, absolutely. I, I think it's Middleton, and I think there's a couple more guys before we get to Rondo. Uh, just because, when did we see Rondo lead a team? When do we see Rondo be the best player on team? And, and like you can point to individual playoff series when he's with the the great... Yeah, but he, he's with other really good players. Yeah. Like, the, he the gets Celtics to be the young guy. Star. And they're deferring to him because they're old, not necessarily because he's that good. I mean, what what does he do the next year? Immediately following 2012, he goes to, uh, I mean, he's still in Boston, but he's pretty hurt. Next year after that, he's pretty hurt. Uh, He finally gets out of Boston in 15, like splitting the year up. And it's just a pretty marginal year. Then he gets your Sacramento year, like leads league and assists in Sacramento. How you feel about him in Sacramento? There's a reason you hate him, right? Not not great. It's not that good. Like I think if Rondo's your best player, your ceiling's five hundred. But they, they they you know you have that twenty twelve playoff run, and and what you see is is seventeen points and twelve assists, along with seven boards, and he's awesome on defense. And it's hard to say no to that. I I still think Chris Middleton should be the pick here, but maybe I'll maybe I'll maybe, damn argue, look at me arguing for Rajon Rondo. But no, I, I think Middleton is definitely the pick here. I think Middleton's forty point game. In, in the finals to, to tie things up 2-2 is huge. I think Middleton's, I mean, we saw Middleton wasn't at full strength this year and the Bucks lost. Like a Giannis-less Bucks with a half heart or a half three-quarter strength Middleton was not better to get past the eighth seed. Like middle, Middleton when well, he's there. You need Middleton. Yeah, you, you absolutely need Middleton. I mean, Middleton closes out the Atlanta Hawks when he's at full strength. That is a, a 32.7 assist night hate for Drew. So with Middleton gone, banished onto the list. It's Dale Ellis for the next small forward. Love Dale Ellis. Going to be just a minute, though. And by just a minute, I mean I actually don't actually have him ranked. I just love Dale Ellis. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm closing off our, our positions here. I don't have a, another shooting guard on this list today. I don't have another or a small forward on this list today. I think it's time for DeMarcus Cousins. I'd rather have DeMarcus Cousins than Rajon Rondo. Can we do Harry Gallatin? <laughs> Seven-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA, um, went to three finals. Four seasons as a top-four rebounder, made one All-NBA yeah. first team. Eh. You're into it. You're into it. Not really. I feel like he's kind of got the similar case as, as Rondo as being like, I'm a really good complimentary guy when other people are around me, but I couldn't do it. I'd rather have the modern version of that in Rondo than the the 50s okay. version in Galladin. So we're doing DeMarcus Cousins. I think so. All right. I mean, I think the worst thing you can say about Cousins is that he is such a fantastic 
uniquely skilled offensive player that he had to be all NBA in 2016, but was such a abysmal character and personality and absolute zero tryhard on defense that somehow voters put DeAndre Jordan above him in all NBA votes. Like that is yeah, that's, that's a, a good, it's rough. like, oh man, yeah. I think that really shows you where it's at. It's like, he was the best setter in the league. It's like, who the fuck was he competing with? I had made a video a while, a while back saying that if they're like prime cousins would be this best center in the league. Do you want to play a game? Figure out if DeMarcus Cousins, like 2017, if he was in the league right now, is he better than Jokic? No. Is he better than Embiid? No. So after that, is it is he better than Sabonis? Um, no, no. Bam, Bam at a bio? No. Carl Anthony Towns. I think that's about where we're looking at. I think it's a, that's exactly I think that's, where you get that's to about where. where we're looking at. The thing about Sabonis is you'd be like, yeah, his rim protection isn't good. That dude tries so fucking hard. Yeah. He like he hustles and he gets in position and he and he run. I mean, he, there is a there is a stat that came out that him and the like, Kevin Herter were in, like the top ten for distance traveled mm-hmm. this season. I think Marcus Cousins was dead last in distance travels. He was always the last guy up the court. He was always the last guy crossing half court, getting back on defense. Or Sabonis hustles like that, and you need that from your best player. And I think I think he's about Carl Anthony Towns. So I've thought about this a lot. Poster culture kind of ruined the NBA for a little bit because guys didn't want to be put on posters. Kids would hang up posters. They'd be all over the walls. And like, I mean, I grew up putting putting them on walls. I got a Sports Illustrated subscription at one point in my life. It was a birthday present. Anytime they had an NBA poster, cut it out. I, I've got Kobe yamming on Yao Ming. It's an awesome poster. That's not current culture. I'm sure kids still have posters. Kevin Durant still does that shit. Well, he still ducks every single night. <laughs> He's a coward. Get under those dunks, Kevin. Well, I mean, it, it developed a whole group of players that like, I'm just going to let a guy blow past me as opposed to getting dunked on. Now we have Shacked and a Fool. Now we have YouTube. Now we have TikTok. If you just stand there and let a guy blow past you, you're going to be put on a highlight reel. Sure, you're not in the picture for the poster, but like, it's it's still there. It's still out there. You're still getting clowned on social media. And like, it, I appreciate that Sabonis tries, he'll get dunked on, but I'd rather have a guy get dunked on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's hard because DeMarcus isn't getting off the floor in terms of these dunk attempts, but Sabonis gets dunked on a lot. He's not getting within Uh, five feet of the rim to even contest. (laughs) For DeMarcus, 2014 to 2018, 26 points a night, 12 boards, four assists, a steal and a half, and a block and a half. He's really doing it all. He also is fouling four times a game and turning the ball over four times a game, which is a whole other thing. But the offensive ability for him to go get 50, to go get 45, mm-hmm. it was there. Mm-hmm. And at this point, you're not seeing much. I mean, he's having from these other guys in terms of, oh, could Rolando Blackman get you 50? Like, yeah, not really. I think in terms of talent, this is the right spot for DeMarcus. Yeah. So if we put DeMarcus in at 188, then we could put Rondo in at 189. And then here's where I'd like to get squirrely. I want to pull up Rashid Wallace. I know you had just done your Hall of NBA dumbassery. You'd put him on there. You were a little bit, little bit harsh. You just wanted to poo-poo his uh, his performances. We ranked him way too low in our power forward Rashid rankings. Rashid Wallace. This guy changed the NBA landscape. He became one of the first stretch fours to kind of shoot it at a high volume. It opens things up for Portland. You made fun of him only averaging 16 points per game during the regular season, during that 2000 run where they pushed the Lakers to game seven. Well, in that Lakers series, he's averaging 22 points per game. He is the leading guy. And when the rest of the Blazers fold in that fourth quarter, it is Rashid versus Shaq and Kobe. Can he stem the tide? Then he goes on to Detroit. He is a pivotal piece. They do not win the championship 
without Rashid. His defense, his ability to both defend Shaq and then switch and not get torched by Kobe, huge. His ability to take away Karl Malone when the couple of games that Malone plays, I think he only plays like two or three games, huge. We've got top player in the league for a couple of years, and we've got contributions to a championship. Come on. How is that not better than Harry Gallatin? Because he's an insane person. That We just did DeMarcus <laughs> fucking Cousins. But even, even DeMarcus was, I think DeMarcus was, what, a better player? But better I mean, player. just the, the 317 technical fouls. He's He had 40-something technical fouls in 2002. You talk about winning a championship. I think about championships a loss. I think if you replace some of these, if you replace some of these seasons with looking at our our power for it's like with a buck williams or with a bobby jones you tell me portland with bobby jones doesn't do the same Absolutely. thing except for he's just like he's just Absolutely like they're not doing the same just, thing they're doing the exact same they're, goddamn no, thing no they're doing the exact same thing there's a terry cummings no. terry cummings is just a better player and rasheed wallace is is, is too unstable terry cummings he got pulled no when rasheed when rasheed wallace got pulled over with um bonzi wells in their hummer and he said yeah we had we we smoked it all that should have that should have i just i i can't we put him we put him so low yeah we put him way too low i i think we could put like pascal siakam no 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 pascal the, the reason why i mean pascal should be higher than what we've got him he's not going to make mm. the top 200 because we've just got too many power forwards in front of him but like Pascal is, we need to see more of it. We've got like three good Pascal years. Rashid has like seven, eight seasons. And like, it's tough. He He's a two-time All-Star because of how many other power forwards. I mean, he is in there with Duncan, Dirk, Pau, uh, Chris Webber. Like that that's the power forwards. And like the earlier part of his career, you still have late stages, Sean Kemp, you've got Carl Malone. Like it's very hard for him to get an all-star nod in the West in those years. But I guess he's a four-time all-star because he gets those those later couple of ones in the East. But she is the best player on on, on that Portland teams. Portland's teams. Those, those, those are I not just, stacked They are stacked teams. to the brim. They're stacked like crazy. With like okay. Steve Smith and... And Arvidas Sabonis and Scotty Pippen. 34 year old Scotty Pippen. Yes, he's really good. He's really good. 35 year old Arvidas Sabonis. 37 year old Detlef Shrimp is the first guy off the bench. These are not stacked. Like, David I love Sotomayor, Detlef Shrimp, Brian Grant, Greg Anthony. These guys, I mean, Jermaine O'Neal is 21. He's coming off the bench. All of these guys down to Jermaine O'Neal is not playing number this 11. Game. But they're, it, the team it's is it's just a ridiculously good team. Looking at the Tails and Blazers in terms of just straight-up playoff numbers, um, you have Rishi Wallace is leading them in scoring, and he's leading them, and he's third in boards, and he is sixth in assists. It's In terms of scoring, you have Wallace at 18 points, Steve Smith at 17, Pippen at 15, Sabonis at 11. In terms of rebounding, you have Pippen at 7, Sabonis at 7, Wallace at 6.5, granted six i just don't think that star power is there you just looking at this i i can't imagine putting him above bill lampier or al horford or clyde lovelet or rudy gobert you gotta it's (laughs) but i've been willing to to maybe think about but i i I just those guys it's the technical fouls that really get you he he played himself off the court yeah, he did. In he his younger the most years. Eje- I think he has the most ejections out in, of anybody. In his younger years, like He's not years, even on the did. floor. That matters. So you- he didn't do it in the 2000 playoffs, and he didn't do it when he helped the Pistons win a championship. 
he had matured by age 29. You know, it's, it's a <laughs> maturation process. I think he had, but I think he had matured, but come the Pistons time, he's, you know, 14 points, seven boards. Like that's what, that's what he is on teams that are really incredible. What is Harry Gallatin? <laughs> it's the sixties. Oh, one of the fastest eras where they're running up Sorry, and down the it's, court. It's the fifties. It's the fifties. Gallatin is five time top 20 in points per game. He is one, two, three, four, five, six times top 10 in rebounds per game, including a first place finish. I mean, he's, one, two, three times top five in field goal percentage, and the Knicks are making three finals while he's there. I, I, I'm just, there's just no way. There's just no way now. <laughs> All right, this is gonna be a slog the rest of the way through because you're gonna nominate a guy, and I'm gonna be right back here right, with my okay. Rasheed Wallace. I'm interested. Can we do so with the centers with Rondo gone and Cousins gone? Our new center is Bill Ampier, and our next point guard is Louis Dampier, which is the kind of rhyme. Yeah, Bill Ampier, Louis Dampier. I think this should be Lampier. The thing with Lampier is everyone hated him and he was a punk and he was dirty, but his teammates loved him. Yeah. He was not a detriment to winning at all. He was just a dirty fucking player. From eight, from 83 to 87, he's 16 points. He's 12 boards. He has, a, he has a rebounding title. He's one of the better defensive centers in the league. Come 89 and 90, when they're winning those championships, it, it's... He's not scoring as much, but the 89 finals, he is just eight points and five boards. But the 90 finals, he's 13 points and 13 boards, and he's always a defensive enforcer. I think this is my pick. Over Harry Gallatin? Yeah. All right. I, I like it. I like it. I I've, I've, keep saying I'm going to go back and watch all the finals games at this point. I've watched 90, 1990s finals game one. And Bill Lambert's spacing is important. I think he goes over three and threes in that game. But the teams have to respect him and have to step out to him. And you watch basketball of the 90s. It's it's horrifying. Uh, it's it's Joe Dumars driving in with five blazers in the paint and then like trying to shoot. Anyone that can space the floor in, in that era is so huge and so impactful. And the fact that it's your center. Um, and the fact that he still rebounds pretty well for a big man despite spacing the floor it is really important. So, yeah, uh, I'll take it. Can we do the next center? Can we nominate Rashid Wallace? No. With 167 playoff games, 16 playoff series wins, 12 points, 8 boards, 3 assists, one of the best defensive centers slash power forwards of the era, Al Horford. But he played on stacked Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> they had they had Josh Smith. But he wasn't he wasn't an idiot. The thing with Horford is it's it's winning contributions where I think there is an easy case we made that Wallace took away more wins than he gave. Has has Al Horford helped win a championship yet? What, what, what's he having for that Boston Celtics team right now? Oh, oh he's averaging nine points, uh, averaging nine yeah. points and six boards this past year. That's, that's true. These things are true. I think, but looking at like 2022 at age 35, Horford was nine boards with 12 points on 52% shooting. That's basically what Rashid is for, the, for those Pistons teams, except for Horford has... Uh, it's longer, and he doesn't get thrown out of games like every other game. He stopped doing that. You hold that against <laughs> this man for his whole goddamn career. It's... He set the record for most technical fouls, and he did it again the next season. He broke his own record. The yeah, reason it's like that thirty-nine like, and forty-one. Come on, that's don't you so like someone that strives foul. to be the best they can be? Don't you want that's... someone who's like, you know what? I set the bar. And I'm going to come back that's, the next year and top it. That's so many technical fouls. That's just for, and they, that's why they have the rule. Oh for, yeah. For when you get suspended after sixty, after just I think it's sixteen technical fouls now or something. Yes. Or is it? Yeah. That's 
Rashid Wallace would have never played a game. <laughs> well, they made that rule while he was in the league, and they asked him about it. He's like, I guess I'm not breaking my record. Yeah. Just, just disappointing. Just just heart-wrenching. Takes the man out of it. Okay. I'll let you yeah. do a nomination, and don't don't make a Rashid Wallace. <laughs> don't do this. Go back to our list. I'm totally fine with, with Al Horford. Um, all right. If we, if we got to stick with, with uh, the power forwards in their order that they are, uh, I'm, I'm putting in Harry Gallatin. We're, we're just going to... We're gonna blitzkrieg power forwards till I can get Rashid in the top 200. I'm not walking out of here without this. I'm making it my mission. That's terrible. So with with Gallatin gone, it's it is Terry Cummings, who's just a better player than than Rashid Wallace, which is fine. You don't have to admit it. Why? Because he played like a thousand games. Because he averaged he 20 points per game from 83 to 90. Because yeah. he you know couldn't help David He's- Robinson. <laughs> yeah. What? Why didn't the Spurs he, ever he, win? Where, where, where's was, Terry Cummings okay, in the, okay. in the can, 90s? We can talk about that. <laughs> um, for the Spurs, 1990 Western Conference semis, he averages 26 points and nine boards, and they lose in seven. Surprise, that is more points than David Robinson averaged in that series. So I think actually David Robinson failed to help Terry Cummings. Yeah. And there is a knee injury that robs the later half of his mm. career. Yeah, he's a negative true shooting average guy. He's uh, five, even or goes five and eight in the playoffs when he plays over thirty minutes. Uh, he, he joins a really good Bucks team. Like they're winning mm-hmm. fifty games a season, basically. You know, dips down to forty two and forty nine one year, but like fifty nine, fifty seven, fifty wins. I, I do like the Terry Cummings. He's fifth in MVP in eighty five behind Bird, Magic, Moses, and Kareem, ahead of Jordan and Bernard King. In 85, they play the Bulls. Michael Jordan is on the Bulls. Do you know who leads that series in scoring? Terry Cummings, only man Terry to ever Cummings. outscore Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think about that. Think All right. about that. Hey, this is this is working into my agenda. We're just going to blitzkrieg through power forwards till I get to Rasheed Wallace. Does that mean it's my turn to nominate someone? You, re- you ready to hear the Bob, the Bob Love case? Bob Love. Yeah, he's up next. Sure. Well, curveball here. I'm throwing in Louis Dampier. Seven-time All-Star in the ABA. He's he's like John Stockton ABA. He is consistent with assists and steals. Um, led the NBA in total steals by like a thousand at the end of it. He's the second best guy uh, on the seventy-five team with Artist Gilmore that wins the championship. Never gets in the MVP conversation. He's all ABA second team four years. There's kind of a gap in there when the league starts to get good, but it's just like the consistent above replacement level. Well, point guard who who has flashes of stardom. It, it's a very similar to like Kyle Lowry. Maybe like I think John level John Stockton level consistency, but in like a Kyle Lever, Lowry level body in a weaker league. He's Kyle Lowry of the ABA. Essentially, yeah. you have a seven time All Star, four time All ABA from nineteen sixty eight to seventy five. He is nineteen points. Well, let's say twenty points, five and a half assists. And when he re- when he leaves the ABA where the ABA folds, he's the all-time leading ABA scorer. I believe he, that that record still stands, obviously, given the ABA doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Running out of spots here. That gives us a really interesting nomination, though, of Trey Young. Do you want to do Trey Young? No, I want to do Clyde Lovellette. Really? I think it's time. What are our options? We have Trey Young. We have Orlando Blackman, Dale Ellis, Bob Love. Bob Love is nice. I think looking at Lovellette, he's the replacement for Mike. There's this great picture of him sitting on the bench looking at this massive pair of shoes. And it's like this one of the older, like, set up sports photos where mm-hmm. he has these shoes to fill. I would say he does a pretty good job the best he can. He's all NBA in 56. He's a four-time all-star. 
and from 55 all the way to 62. For the Lakers in Cincinnati, then the Hawks, he's 20 and 10, 20 and 11 even. He does end up winning two championships in Boston at the end of his career. He's barely, barely playing. He also wins a championship at the beginning of his career. One of the only players, I think him and Sam Cassell won titles in year one and in a year one and in the final season. Uh, one of the only players to do that. Obviously, Russell did that as well, but I'm losing my mind. How do you feel about it? So I, I love Clyde Lovellette as an individual. I actually found out that he's a book and it's on my like Amazon to order cart list because do you know who he played for in college? Played for? Yes. Like like the school? The coach. The coach. No, I don't remember. Do you know any college coaches in the 40s and 50s? I do not, but I'm interested to hear. It might, it might ring a bell. Fog Allen. It doesn't ring a bell. Fog Allen studied at the feet of James Naismith. He's known as the father of coaching basketball. There is a direct line of he coach player, who coached guy, who coached guy, who coached Greg Popovich. Like, this is this is like Popovich's great-grandfather. He's the guy that takes the sport, basically, from being like roll out a ball and play to let me invent sets and let me start crafting this. Um, so I think like the fact that he goes from basically playing ball under the most famous non-player, the most famous coach uh, in basketball, early basketball history after James Naismith to being Mikan's backup to then playing with um, Bob Pettit to the ending his career backing up Bill Russell. Like this guy has seen amazing, amazing shit. But I just don't feel like he he was the guy that did the amazing stuff. I feel like he was there for all of the moments. But but the moments where he's really needed, where he is the primary guy and asked to like really contribute. Eh, eh. I, I don't love it. Yeah, I understand. Okay, so so what's your what's your move then? Rashid Wallace. It's just a candy. <laughs> okay. Can I, can I do my second squirrely nomination then? Sure. I kind of like Bobby Jones more than I like Bob Love. I think we might have might have flipped okay. those two. You know I like Bobby Jones. Yeah. I, I mean, Bobby Jones, just one of the best defensive players in his, in his era, a consistent presence on really good teams. He does have um, a limited minutes per game thing due to epilepsy and a heart condition. And that's kind of a problem because his teams want him to play more. His He is uh, sixth man of the year on the 83. He champions 76ers. And that's just because he physically, like, y- you couldn't put him out there anymore. It made more sense to bring him off the bench uh, and, and, like, stagger the minutes. But, like, you know, in the Manu Ginobili, um, Kevin McHale, Hondo roles of, like, the, the greatest sixth man in the league like he deserves to be talked about kind of in that same breath when he becomes a six man and when he's a starter he is a a five-time all-star yeah all, all aba in the 76 he leads the league and leads the aba in field goal percentage twice and the nba in 1978 and this is a six nine power forward known as the secretary of defense this is a, this is an 11 time all defensive player can we talk about how good of a nickname that is oh just incredible just incredible um like what's horford's best nickname the Godfather. I have no idea. That's actually a pretty good nickname. That, that is I've never heard him called that, okay, so. but I, I I feel like his nickname should just be Master Shredder because you always see that Ninja Turtles vibe, like, mm-hmm. you know, but still never heard him called Master Shredder or the Godfather. All right. So we have Bobby Jones at 195. Very squirrely. Is it Trey Young time? It's Trey Young time. God, it's Trey Young time. I, here's the thing. You're on TikTok. I'm on TikTok. Michael. Uh, used to be trust the love now is i don't know the the trey young agenda oh yeah yeah i know that guy he, he posts a lot 
about Trey Young being a top five point guard in the league. And I, I don't think he's there, or but there are some some good points in there. I mean, Trey Young is a prolific scorer and he is a high volume passer. I do wish that his possessions were something more than the ball is inbounded to Trey. He dribbles up, he either shoots or he passes to a guy that has to shoot or like will never see the ball again. You know, if that guy wants, <laughs> if that guy wants to take a shot on this possession, he needs to shoot it now. Um, yeah. Like, but the ball never really comes back to you. Yeah, the ball, it, and I think part of that's that's Trey Young is that people just don't trust that they're going to see the ball back. But he is an awesome talent. He's five years in the he league. He gets you thirty. He gets you thirty points. Gets you ten assists. Yeah, and he upset at uh, the 76ers. I always bitch and moan about how that run's overrated. The Knicks weren't that good. Philly's imploding, and then they lose to Milwaukee. But Philly's imploding because the Hawks are, are, like, are good. By the end of it, it's like this team, I don't think the Sixers could beat anybody in a seven-game series, given where they're like, we're at mentally. But part of that is is Trey Young kind of really beating them down. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as much as we say that, he was 5 for 23 in Game 7, 2 for 11 yeah. from 3. Uh, six turnovers, still, still twenty-one points and ten assists. So, like, yeah, box score stats are fine. Not, not exactly the most efficient numbers out Kevin there. Kevin Herter got hot. Oh yeah, Kevin Herter got hot in, in that game. And John Collins, I, I think it's he had a nice steal at the end, if I remember correctly. Um, there was a steal at the end that kind of sealed it. The t- the team really came together. Yes. Um, that that's that's a win on Trey Young's resume. And I think as we go, he'll move up this list. I still don't like him very much because he sucks on defense and he dribbles the ball at goddamn time. And I just, I have a fundamental belief that those players aren't very effective. But at this point, I think I'll take it. I mean, I, I think a, an important thought process or thought exercise to go through at this point is if he if he never plays another game, do we like his career more now or Ben Simmons' career? Yeah, where do we put Ben Simmons on our... Uh, ben Simmons is not too much farther back like in, the, in the point guards yeah. rankings. And I think, like, hey, they both showed that they have these amazing skills and Ben Simmons just completely stopped playing basketball. Trey Young... If all's way does is stay healthy and never improves, he'll still rise up this list. If he actually improves, like he's got a lot of point guards he could jump really easily. I mean, it's not like it's not like Isaiah Thomas has this locked in for years and years. Like two more years, he's he's over that entire cluster without without ever working on his defense. Like if he's just this guy. But if he actually works on his defense and grows, you know, we'd be looking at works on his defense <laughs> I, I mean and other hilarious jokes you can tell yourself <laughs> I, I mean like well we started this off with donovan mitchell yeah the thing with simmons is it's more negative value than positive yeah and you're looking at like yeah he was really talented but it never worked well in the playoffs and then he just he's been tanking the last few seasons that were working out yesterday he's not even playing like 3v3 5v5 he's not even ready yet. um yeah nate i have a squirrely pick i have a squirrely nomination oh god i'm worried <laughs> It's a Joe Johnson. It, oh God, no, no. Uh, it's Mo Cheeks. Uh, uh, Maurice Cheeks. Excuse me. You, you need some Mo Cheeks. Some Mo Cheeks. I, I wasn't prepared for a Mo Cheeks conversation. I've got, <laughs> I've got all my notes. Yep. But, we're, but we're here now. Um, if I remember correctly, four-time All-Star, five-time All-Defense, eighty-three champion. Yep. Actually, played more than Bobby uh, Jones. When he retires. Played more than Bobby Jones. When he retired, he was first in steals. Um, and I believe second in his Yeah, it's because they just started counting steals. That. Like, he plays, yeah, like, the first that, year. <laughs> but from that stretch, he starts in 79. When did they start counting um, steals? 77? So that's third but year? Think, <laughs> but I think what you're getting is he's still averaging 2.1 steals per game. Like, even, even today, 
Um, he's sixth in steals and he's still 15th in assists. You're getting someone, he's like, the scoring really isn't there, but he is like in 1986, he, it's a 54 win team. He leads the entire league in minutes, 40 minutes a night, 15 points, nine assists, two and a half steals. He's a hall of famer for a reason. I, I do think him missing the top 200 wouldn't be right for someone that's played in 133 playoff games, made three finals, 16 playoff series wins, 14.7 assists, three boards in those finals, and 51% shooting. You're talking about a really efficient score. Can't do it. Can you think you can make him in the top 200? Like number 200? Um, I, I'd consider it. I, I would okay. consider well, it. But like there, there are just other guys that we talked about when we did point guards that, I mean, are we going to put him over uh, Terry Porter? We've, yeah, we've got him right behind Terry Porter. And, and like, I think I'd rather have Porter. I would not rather have Porter. You wouldn't rather have Porter. No. The, the starting point guard on back-to-back finals teams, and like arguably the second best player on those finals teams. Yeah, but those teams, those are just finals teams. These are champions we're talking about. Starting point guard on a championship team. Yeah, because they had Dr. J and Moses Malone. <laughs> They were, they were, it's like, it's, I have him as like the fifth best team ever. And Cheeks is a part of that. It, he's a part of it. Yeah. But like, okay. So we have, what do we have left? We have, so if we do it in order, Kemba Walker is our new point guard. Rolando Blackman, Dale Ellis still there. Power forward is. I'm only wanting to talk about Bob, power forwards the rest Bob of this Love. day. It's Bob Love. Yeah. Cause then you have to get through Derek Coleman. You want Derek. There's no way in hell I'm putting Derek Coleman above Mo Cheeks. That's fine. That's fine. Actually, we probably shouldn't put Buck Williams above Mo Cheeks either. Or we definitely should put Buck Williams above Terry Porter. You want to do Kemba Walker and just say fuck it? No, just I want off, to do Rasheed Wallace. <laughs> Let me have Rasheed. Why, why Rasheed Wallace? Nate, we're doing, just because it's 200 doesn't mean you have to go all in. We're going to do top 500 players. Oh my. Why Why now? The next week, we can start top 300 and you can have him. He'll be in there. He'll be in the top 300. You're going to put him in there with Eddie Jones and Dale Ellis and Carlos Boozer? Yeah. put this man with Boozer? He, that, yes, I... I I don't know. I, I don't know if he's better than Carlos Boozer, and, and we have to have these conversations. Oh my gosh! All right, all right. You know what? We we need to trust the process. Mm, we'll get there, and we can always amend it. If I find something, I'm like, all right, Rashid Wallace was wrong. Like Rashid Wallace will come back to it. All right, but I, I, I task you to go do that research. To go work at it. All right, I'll make that. Watch out. Rashid. Listen to Rashid. Love Rashid. Um, all right, I'm just going Bob Love then. All right, so three-time All Star, two-time All NBA, three-time All Defense. The Bulls are a sneaky good team in the early 70s. Yeah. And he's a big part of that. From 1970 to 1973, what was he? Let's pull out to 75. He's averaging 23 points and seven boards, being that starting power forward. And then they're they're making the playoffs. He made the playoffs six times in Chicago. The one argument against Bob Love is that it is the expansion Bulls. And he goes mm-hmm. from averaging six points per game to like 23 points per game because... He goes from being on a good team to being on an expansion team. But also that... But then they are really good. That's the thing. It, they win, is the they team win 57 win. games in, 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 in 1972. 50, 57 games. And he's 26 a night. Well, what are they, when do the Bulls start here? Um, trying to see if this is their first year, 69-70? No. Okay, so it's, it's their third year. But basically his second season with the team, they win 51. The third year, or the, yeah, third year with them there... 57 then 51 then 54 like i think it's just a little bit of a delay it's not that he goes to this bad team it's that he gets really good better yeah shocking athlete gets better all right that gives us Derek coleman and Derek coleman's not making this list 
In the final, we have three more spots. Derek, 198. Derek Coleman is power forward to Marcus Cousins, though. I'm just saying. Yeah. He is his four years of absolute brilliance and then develops a weight problem and and tails off much sooner than you'd want. Would you rather have him or Rudy Gobert, though? Because Rudy Gobert is still on the center's list, and I kind of want to get him in here. Oh, you want to... Uh, I'll tell you what. I, I will take Clyde Lovellette. I think I think that works. That works for me. Put Clyde Lovellette in there. So that's that's one eighty nine. And now we've got two spots left, which means there's a max of ten players we could consider. One ninety eight. Yes, yes. He's one ninety eight. So we we're on to one ninety nine with a max of two more players we can consider. I'm I'm now starting to look at everyone and the guy behind them. Like we could go. Ball. That would be. Kemba Walker, James Silas for the point guards, Rolando Blackman, Alvin Robertson for the shooting guards, Dale Ellis, Michael Finley for the small forwards, Derek Coleman, Buck Williams for the power forwards, and Rudy Gobert and Bam Adebayo. You want to go with centers? Both centers? Let's do it. Kemba Walker? I think both, I center, think both centers. Have, oh, all right. Would you rather have Kemba Walker than, than Rudy Gobert? And they're both modern guys. No. I feel like we, I think I'm good. we don't need to overly discuss it. I, th- I think Kemba's going to be very early off the board. Um, I could be talked into him over Bam, but I really do think that this last playoff run w- was huge for Bam and what Bam did. I also think if Bam was healthier in the bubble in that finals, maybe the Heat win, and that's that's a tribute to how good Bam was. Uh, I'm really looking forward to next year after we, we have another season of basketball and we can officially declare Bam better than Rudy Gobert. Get, get that flip-flop <laughs> in there. But All right. Yeah, I, I think I think that's... Finish up the top 200. Just for fun, we ended up we, we started with 50 from each position. We, we landed with seven point guards left, 17 shooting guards left, 10 small forwards left, 12 power forwards, and just four centers. Starting 176, Ed McCauley, Donovan Mitchell, Max Sebslowski, Larry Jones, Rip Hamilton, Jack Twyman, Larry Johnson, Arnie Risen, Slater Martin. 185 was Isaiah Thomas of Celtics legend. Kyle Lowry, Chris Middleton, DeMarcus Cousins, Rajon Rondo, Bill Lambier, Al Horford, Harry Gallatin, Terry Cummings, Louis Dampierre, Bobby Jones, Trey Young, Bob Love, Clyde Lovellette, Rudy Gobert, and Bam Adebayo. I like it. I like it Welcome back to you for the top 75 point guards ever as we expand that list from uh, from 50 to 75. We just see which guys we, we might be discussing in the top 75 point guards. We're, we're going to get to... to a Mookie Blaylock. We'll probably get to some Mike Conley. I don't quite know if we're going to make it all the way down to Andre Miller. Just going off of who we have left in the Matrix. Oof. Some Ben Simmons. Some Stevie Franchise. Well, the next 25... Stephon Marbury? <laughs> Didn't we already talk? Yeah. John Morant? Yeah, Stephon Marbury. John Morant? Stephon Marbury was... You've been pushing him back. He he was already up in there. <laughs> I pushed him way back. Norm Nixon. Drew Holiday, Goran Dragic, it's a fantastic group. Goran Dragic is the 75th point guard in the Matrix. It's him and Mark Jackson is 75, 76. We'll see how we end up ranking these guys, but yeah, it's going to be fun. I'll send you the list of the next 40, so that way we can try to figure it out. I I have, um, you already sent me point guards, shooting guards, small forwards, and power forwards. I just don't have centers. Oh. Well, I'll send you to the next 50 centers because we'll probably go through that many. Sounds good. Cool. Where can the people find you? Possible chairs on TikTok posting anti-Kyle Lowry propaganda. You can find me at Hoops Temple Pod on TikTok or HoopsTemple at gmail.com. Shoot us an email if you like the show. Love to hear from you. 